0: It's kind of weird having a Madonna mic on, I never usually, I'm usually on that side, so it's kind of strange. And I don't know why they call it Content King either, but so be it.
1: Oh, so, content King, not Content
0: is king, king, right? Yeah, Content King. I don't know why, but we'll go with it. That's great. So the biggest thing that I've got to question myself as a content producer, as a content program manager at KFM, fm is the fact, what the hell is content? And this is a really, really relevant question because what happens often is I have a lot of fights with people about content. To give you an example is our marketing comes to us and they're like, hey, can we please go take pictures of an event? And then I go and ask them, but why? I always ask why and they get really annoyed at it, that's just the way life is. And then they say, no, because it's content. Then my response is generally, no, it's not content, it's a picture of an event. So. The question is, what is content? And it's actually quite difficult. And this is also why this is probably one of the more difficult speeches or talks, because if I had to ask anyone here what content is, we'll probably get a whole bunch of different answers in any case about what content is. So what I'm gonna try and do is just explain content according to what we do at CHI-FM, for example. But when I was trying to figure out what content was, naturally I wandered down this deep, deep dark road called the internet, and I found really, interesting content pieces. So there's this guy, his name is John. He's got a channel on YouTube. It's called John drinks water. It's got 19 and a half thousand subscribers. It's got more than one and a half million views. So it's significant. A lot of people watch this. Um, any guesses what this channel is about? It's literally a guy drinking water. No, no jokes. This is the video. yeah luckily it's not very long so so he literally films himself on his on his computer drinking water and posts it online what's even more scary is a fan of his took all his videos make it, made a massive montage that's a couple of hours and uploaded it as well i don't get it then i found i found this thing the channel is called knob feel um, it's literally a guy going around feeling knobs <laughs> It's got 7,900 7, subscribers and 1.3 million views. And again, so it's substantial. So obviously 1.3 million people think this is content. Literally, this is what it is. Nah. Nah. Oh. 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 That's it. That, that's content. Seriously, this is what the guy uploads. Um, it's probably my fault because I went into the internet and you shouldn't do that, it's a very bad dark place. It's scary, it's full of... I, I, I googled weird things on, on YouTube. Not a good idea, don't do that. So, yeah, to answer the question, it depends, it really, really depends. I mean, there are people there that like watching people drinking water and there are people there that like watching people touch knobs. Um, content all really, really depends. I mean, some people really like reality comedy shows, they take things a bit too far when they go and vote for people and think, let's see how far we can take this joke. Some people like family business naturally, (laughs) you know, so whatever floats your boat. That's what makes it really complicated. Content is not very simple, very basic. It's different for different people. So the big thing is about your target markets and who do you produce content for? So I'll get into that. Um, So when we think about how do we plan and execute content, it's a big question. It's not, it's not very easy and we don't take it lightly. Our content team has probably got about 70 people out of about, out of about 105. So we make up a large portion of the station. Um, we, we don't joke around when it comes to content. Content is the reason people listen to Kai fm um, But it all has to start somewhere. So where we start is with brand. So the reason I've chosen this little slide is when you look at these brands, you don't need to know names. You can just look at the symbol, the brand icon, and you know what they are. So if you look at Mercedes, you know it's a business car. You know when you see a Mercedes, you know what the brand is all about, what the car is all about, right? When you see a Lamborghini or Jaguar or whatever the case is, you, you see what it is. You already know what it is. So what they've done is they position positioned themselves really, really well in the market they were on be. So when you see the brand, you know exactly what product it is. Remember, radio station is a business, okay? So we have to have a business strategy, which is basically a marketing strategy, which is a brand strategy. So you need to know exactly what your brand is all about. You need to have a very strong brand strategy. You need to know exactly what it is you want to achieve as a business. So, I mean, if you look at Coke, Coke went and they said they wanted to make soft drinks, and they went and did it. So they're not, okay, they also ventured out into making water and and sorts of things, but they didn't go out, and start making food, for example. They're stuck to making soft drinks. So as a radio station, you need to pick your brand, and you need to stick to that brand. They need to have a very clear brand strategy. So you can look, look at all the four P's or seven P's in a marketing strategy and all of that, and you can determine what you should be producing or who you should be targeting. So what we do is, we've got a brand strategy, which then has pillars and values. Um, and what we do is everything we want to constitute as content, we push against these brand, uh, these pillars and values. So we'll do a test. So if you come to me and you say, JD, we want to bring Metallica to South Africa, then I'll probably go, look, it's not a brand match because uh, it doesn't fit our pillars and our values. It's not, it's not complicated. Once you have your pillars and your values, you can do that little test and you can see, cool, this is a brand match. It's as simple as that. Um, at KFM, it is actually quite complicated because we have a very dynamic, very complex brand. It's not simple. The Afropolitan is a person that is rooted in Africa but with a global view. They can sit anywhere in the world. They can speak several languages. They, they range, the income ranges. They're junior managers to senior managers. Um, they're not old people. They're not young people. It's a very dynamic brand. So it's very complex. So the brand team and I do often have arguments about contents and where it should fit because of this thing called the brand that's so complicated. Um, and actually, what we do is we obviously frequently review. The, the, the pillars and the, and the values that we've got and we frequently test everything against these pillars and, and, and values that we have. But the key thing with about your brand strategy is it tells you who your target audience is. Who are you speaking to? So they'll give you that profile of, in our case, black middle class, 32 year olds, 32 years old, 32 years old, with a skew towards female. So now we know that's where we should be going to. So we know our target market. So the next thing we have to do is how do we target this target market? We need to know exactly what this, this target market like. So we're very fortunate at Kaif and we've got a research and development team. They do research and development basically. So once brand goes and they say, listen, this is who we want to target. They'll give it to the research and development guys and then they will go and sit down with a group of people and they'll do a whole bunch of questions and tests and so forth. And then we get some insights into our target market, and then we know, Okay, the Afropolitan female, thirty-two year old. She likes this. She's focused on this, and she's focused on that. So then we know the, these insights, and then we can go and develop content accordingly. So, so I'm going to show you this video that we did. This is a video about our sports team. So basically, what we did was we we asked the question about the Afropolitan women, our target market. What do females think about sports? And The feedback was generally, it's very masculine, um, it doesn't speak to them at all and they can't relate to it, which generally is true with sports because it is very masculine. If you look at a sports field, it's generally a bunch of men running after a ball and get paid millions of rands. And if you look at the commentary, it's generally men. If you look at everything around sport, it's generally men. So they feel very excluded. And what was very important about the, the sports research is the fact that single mothers or females or mothers in general, they've got a very close connection to sport because their children play sports. So there is a connection there. It's just not the way you see it on TV, for example. It's in a whole different way. So our sports team then went and built a whole strategy around how do you create sports content for the Afropolitan female. And naturally, we saw the connection between children and mothers and development, sports development, because they take the kids to school, they drop them off. Um, so we spoke about that, and that's what we generally you know, creates around our sports content. So the video I'm going to show you is a short video. It's about development and establishment of, of um, children and mothers in sports. It's actually about Father's Day, so it's a bit contradicting to the mother's thing. But we also found that there's a disconnect between fathers and children, you know, fathers playing a, a significant role in their children's lives. They just go to work and they disconnect. So we do this thing on air where we try and do a whole, whole lot of developments and whatnot, but then our sports team goes and they actually go and do a workshop where the fathers and the kids can play together. So now we're taking the content from on-air, we're making an event, and obviously we go and film this thing, so we have some digital content around it as well. As you can see, the
1: fun is well underway here at the Adidas Football Base. We are out here for the second
0: annual Kaya FM Father and Son and Daughter One File Challenge. Come and
1: have fun with us. It's always an honor being part of something so, so good, you know, especially because it's Father's Day. You know, it's just always nice having fun with your kids, you know, and coming out and playing with other dads and kids. So a very special moment for me with my family and something that I've always wanted to do but never found the time to. We're having it, we're loving it, the dance, yeah, we're having a good time. It doesn't look as easy as it looks on the paper side. This build, it looks small, but when you're in there, hey, you're gonna sweat. Uh, game plan. We used a bit of Mooti in the start of the game, but uh, it seems our Inyanga uh, did not give us the right tools for us to win. Uh, the kids just received their medals, and we're just wrapping it up. Cherry on top of the cake. KFM. And that's it for the 2017 edition of the second annual kaya fm father and son and daughter one Ball challenge what a day of fun we've had here at the adidas football base out in polsov we had bombs shouting from the grandstands kids playing and enjoying themselves and fathers an opportunity to bond with their sons until 2018
0: bye-bye okay so so basically, we found that um, yeah, there's a massive disconnect with sport because we want to have a sports show, but we just needed to know how our target audience would respond to that. The next thing we did was, OK, so it's not the next thing, but we were launching a new business show, Sakaya Biz with Gugu. And we needed to know exactly, again, what does our target market want from a business show? Because you can tune into any, pretty much any radio station, you'll find something about sp- business around it. So what is our USP around it? So again, our research and development teams went, they sat down with our cedars because we've got a group of people that we can um, do some research on, and they gave us these three pillars that were very, very important when it came to financial needs, being independence, community, and legacy. There's obviously other things as well, but I can't show it here. So now we know exactly what it is that, that they need to look at and what specifically the Afropolitan female is looking at when it comes to business and finances. So we went and we sat down with Google and the producer. We wanted to figure out exactly now what content do we produce for this. So the first pillar was independence. So we created a feature, very simple, that happens on the show. The show is Monday to Thursday, um, 5 to 6 p.m. And we cre- called it Entrepreneur on the Move because what was very important for females was to become personally independent financially. So, you know, given the, the scary statistics that we have in South Africa about single mothers, this makes complete sense, because men are scumbags and they leave women, they get them pregnant, and they run away, and then they just leave them for shit so it 's not good. so we created this feature to help women realize or, or give them knowledge and education, not really education, but inform them about how to become independent and how to take care of yourself financially. Then the next pillar was community community is a big thing for kaya, so Africa i mean home of the afropolitan afropolitan is african based so community obviously came through so. What they meant, the seeders meant by that is the fact that they want to know how do we take care of a community financially. So we created a, a feature with Adin Tunji, He's a business specialist from Nigeria who does a little insert every Tuesday afternoon on the show. And he talks about all the business happening in and around our community, which is Africa, obviously. The last pillar was legacy. And this is important because, given the history of South Africa, how the, the black middle class generally didn't save in the Western way of saving, banking, financial institutions, and so forth, mostly stock files. They never felt that they had something handed over to them, right? So this is why leaving a legacy came up very strongly. So saving and investing and making sure that your children's futures are secured. So we built a whole thing around um, you know, what are, how do you save, what are the investing tips, and so forth. We've got another a business specialist called Tuli Magabani, She's got another show on Tuesday evenings. But she then provides insights into this show around this pillar. So, I mean, it's quite easy. We, so we do the research. We find what people want. We go and develop content around it. And then the last thing we do with our research and development team is actually test whether or not our content is working. And it confirms it. The numbers are spot on. So on the left, okay, you can't see it, um, is the numbers before we implemented this, this change, this new show, and on the right is the new show. Q went up from 175000 Monday through Thursday to 190000 Average income went up, and generally all the numbers just went up. So the content is working. So that's one thing. So we get this from BRC or RAMS or whatever tool we're going to use now for measurements. Um, and then we also obviously meet with the seeders again and ask them, have you listened? What do you think about us? But it's a different group, so we do a whole bunch of different statistical testing to make sure that we aren't favoring our numbers that we want. So. Simple, research, develop, execute, research again. Um, then we found, because one of the big things that we're doing at Kaya is travel. Because again, given the history of South African apartheid, there was a banning on people traveling overseas. So what we found with, with the Afropolitan is they do want to travel, they've got the money to travel, but they don't know where to go. And they really do trust radio stations, and they trust Kaya FM especially. So they wanted to come to us to find out where should they go. So then FM started doing the Kaya Cruise uh, way back when, and we did three in a row. The first thing that was said when we launched that black people swimming in the sea is not a good idea. (laughs) stereotypical that came out. To everybody's shock, which wasn't a shock, it was sold out, very simply. And all all the ones um, afterwards were also sold out. But then we got the feedback saying, cool, we've done the cruise now, what's the new experience we should do? And then we had this bright idea, hey, why don't we go skiing? So again, black people, it's snow and cold and skiing and then naturally people again questioned us whether that was the right decision. It was the right decision because again, it was sold out. And then we were able to take the Afropolitans to Europe, to the French Alps for this experience. And now we're doing it way more often. I mean, then we went to Zanzibar later. This year we've already gone to Mauritius. We're doing a whole bunch of travel things with the Afropolitan because yes, we're a radio station, but as Greg mentioned earlier, we're way more than that. The FM is just a small part of what we do as a radio station. It is about a lifestyle. It's about an experience you have to offer your listener. So what we did there then is we, we did the research about travel and where people want to go. We found out where people want to go. Naturally, you do your on-air stuff. You run promotions. You invite people. They pay. They come with you. But the, the great thing about this whole experience was the fact that when you are in the French Alps, now with digital being there and, and being able to film anything is as easy as anything really. We were able to capture all these days and package them for digital. So now we created these moments, that's content, in my mind it's content, it's content and we can play it back to people back at home and they can view it and they can be part of the experience. So this is, this is the day one diary. We called them video diaries and this is basically what d- went down.
1: The current FM Listener Ski Tour Diary. Hi, it's Kumba here, uh, KFM King trip off to the French Alps in France, chilling here. This is a big job. we are one hour before we, we leave South Africa. And this is my guy, this is King Peter, this is my guy, this is my guy. How's it? So what, what are you looking for? Because when you are from France, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to going back home, you know, going down the Alps, enjoying the skiing, spending time with your school, but you're a great guy. I want to learn from you, my brother. And uh, please, uh, uh, this is a point where we leave him in France. <laughs> no, I must come back. <laughs> I love my country too much. I'll be back in South Africa, definitely. We're in Paris. <laughs> Are you okay, by the way, because you you've flown over two hours now? Was, uh, uh, the flight was nice, and I, I sat next to two white crazy people. I think those people are crazy. <laughs> Why? So they wanted to talk to me. I don't want to talk. So I want to watch movies for the first time. I have a TV. <laughs> right there. Yeah, in front of me. Right? <laughs> Not your TV. No, no. <laughs> Every movie that I want is there. So you watched the oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, DiCaprio's movie this, that you won oh, an Oscar for? Dude, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch it properly because this white lady was like, so what do you do? I'm like, hey Joe, I don't care what I do. Leave me alone, Joe. But I, I had a wonderful flight in my space. First time uh, flying for over 10 hours uh, We're in France. This is like OR time. Yeah, it's just like OR time. It's just like that like this one is big. Hi guys, we just landed at Geneva and uh, it's like Joburg, the weather is really nice, very few clouds inside, the sun is shining very bright, you is shades here. Everybody is upbeat about this. Now we're off to the resort. See you when we get there. Arrived here around half past 12 after a three hour pass. We kept Joe everywhere and we are in the middle of the snow. And I've never seen so many happy people in my life. Hello, how are you? People are friendly here. People are Hello. You wanna come to Maltorash. Yes, you wanna come. This is my guy. This is my, this is my French guy. You wanna go try on some 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 skiing things? Cause we're gonna go skiing. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good Can I give you a name? Sbongile. Sbongile. What mean? It means it means the princess of Ghan. That is a beautiful place. So there's avocados, there's bananas, and you look like you can. No, you don't look like a banana. <laughs> Crazy, man. <laughs> so, yeah, everything, everything is sorted now. Can't wait for tomorrow. Let's go down to the slopes and get my things ready. I hope you guys are ready. Club, KFM Kai FM 95.9 Skumba, yeah. One. The Kai <laughs> FM Listener Ski Tour Diary watch the daily diary video on kai.fm.co.za
0: so yeah that was that was quite a cool example of how everything came together so it's not just about putting content on radio naturally we packaged audio we sent it back home um, when we went to ghana and ethiopia we actually broadcast in there as well because it's so easy to broadcast from anywhere in the world now you just need an internet connection but it's more about the experience that we're offering and the content behind that experience is is crucial it's crucial it's vital because I mean, if you look at travel agencies, there's plenty of flight centers around. But the, the key thing here is the experience they're going to get with us is tailored to our target market's needs and wants and desires. So they come with us and they get to spend time with Skumba They love him. I don't know why. But they get to spend time with Bob, who's not with us anymore. But, you know, so, so you need to know your target markets and, and really give the experience that they want and they deserve. The great thing about this is then you get to interact with listeners because only a few go, you don't take millions, you take 50 on a trip to France, for example, and they give you feedback right there on the trip. So they can tell you, listen, we like this, but can we please go to a warmer place? So that's why the next trip was then to Zanzibar. Um, And then you can develop your content like that. Now, the internet is a wonderful place. Um, Like in the beginning of the session, when you when you type in things like weirdest videos on YouTube, you might get a bit lost and, and end up in places you shouldn't end up. Um, but it's a great place. It's made it very easy and accessible for anybody to publish content. Like this guy uh, called Gangnam Style. I mean, that's this the song's name. And it, while it's sitting on two and a half billion views now or something, it's ridiculous. But that's what we want, apparently. So it really is a great place. Um, but it, it's a great place for radio because the earlier discussions we spoke about social media and so forth. The insights you can get from, intern- from the internet is fantastic. So yes, you can, you can have a research and development team like we do at CHI-FM who will do actual research with cedars and groups of people and focus groups. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you also want to get other research or perhaps you don't have a research department. That's why the internet's a great and wonderful place. If you have a YouTube channel, for example, the insights you can get from that is phenomenal anything related to KFM FM was my top 10 at 10. Now that's great if our strategy for that day was to talk about my top 10 at 10. My top 10 at 10 is a feature with the best team in the city every Friday from 10 a.m. Um, so that's great. But if your strategy was, for example, to talk about uh, June 16 and it's not there, you can also tell that obviously your content isn't being made for your listeners or for your consumers, actually, because we have more than listeners now. It's viewers and it's consumers and all sorts of things. So digital is a very, very powerful tool. Getting these insights is quite scary sometimes, because you can see where you're on the mark and where you're missing the mark completely. And you do get contradicting views. So our focus groups will tell us one thing, but our insights from digital will give us a different thing. But be very careful about digital. It's a very, very great place. You can upload content, you can reach the world. You can gain millions of followers and subscribers and all of that. But the problem with it is it's mass. So if you are a niche radio station, and we are not by any means a niche radio station because we we have quite a few listeners and we make money and all that sort of jazz because we're a commercial radio station. The problem is digital is available there for everybody. I mean there are people there watching videos of people drinking water. And I mean that's not the kind of viewer that I want at Kai FM, okay? So Use it, but be very, very careful of it. So be mindful of the information you use from digital. So, I mean, don't undermine or ignore your listeners when they give you feedback. This extends beyond just digital. I mean, if you get an SMS from a listener, take that information and use it. You've got got that research there for you. You've got the insight and the information already. You don't need a research and development team. We're very fortunate that we have a team in-house to do this for us. But any radio station, any platform now is already getting some feedback from a listener. So, I mean, it's simple. If, if you're running a feature on air where you're asking for people to SMS or call you and you're not getting callers for two months in a row, it's a shit feature. It's not working. Change it. If you are doing a feature and you thought it was really bad, but the lines are lighting up like, like left, right, and center, it's probably something that your people want to listen to or want to hear. But again, just be mindful of the brand and make sure it actually matches values because you can get callers by selling anything on radio. So you can say, give us a call now and you can win a thousand rand and your lines will light up. That doesn't do anything for your brand, now, does it? So be very mindful of that. The second thing about being mindful about, you know, especially digital is, these are two comments that we got on the same content that we posted on YouTube. The one says I feel betrayed, which is quite a strong emotional word. And the other one says it's pretty dope. So I've got two very contrasting opinions here. So what I'm trying to get at with this point is, if someone's gonna say something negative, you, and it's one person, you can't let that get you down and say it's a bad piece of content. If one person says it's fantastic, you can't go and say it's a fantastic piece of content. So be careful of that. Usually ju- use the, the average, so the, the general norm of the feedback you get, and that's what we generally do. Although uh, this specific post was about us moving off of YouTube, so there was a lot of backlash because people love, uh, love scumba. So be careful of this. We call this in stats, we call it outliers. They're extremes. And you don't want to listen to those sort of people because you just get trolls on the internet and they're just going to say bad things about you. So whilst you can, you can develop content from research and development, you can do your own research, um, you can listen to listeners, you can get your insight from digital. The big thing is, and this is one thing that I, you either get it or you don't, is you can't forget about the experience that you have. The intuition as a broadcaster is something that you can't pay for. Broadcasters do sort of have a sixth sense. Like you know when something's gonna work and when it's not gonna work or when it is working or when it's not working. I mean, I've produced breakfast shows where we go and we say, listen, this is completely against the grain of what a breakfast show should be and what our target market should be. When we do it, the first time we get a lot of backlash, a lot of complaints about it, but you continue about it. After three years, people can't leave you alone. So you gotta have some sort of intuition about this and some experience around it because It does happen, where you need to guide your listener in the right sort of sense and direction. It does happen, because you know what your brand is trying to achieve and what your overarching goal is with content and radio. And that's ultimately what we are doing as mass media broadcasters. We're trying to shift people to where we think the place should be going, the country should be going, people should be going. You can't keep feeding them rubbish, because then you're going to have a society like we have now that has an attention span of, what, four seconds? So that's what Twitter and Instagram does to you. So be very careful of that. One of the things that's also important about the sixth sense is when do you drop content? So you can do all your research, you can plan your content, you can develop content and say, this is the plan, but you do get times when things happen and you have to drop content. Now what we generally do is, and I want to give you an example is with the Soweto looting that happened last year and the xenophobic attacks. We had a plan for that day. Every single show had their plan that they had to do. Um, and you know we have presenters that are very strict on their content and what they want to achieve and when I walked into the studio saying cool you 're not doing this, this this running order, just tear it up please you 're going to do this naturally you 're going to get resistance, but we decided as a brand that we have to take a stand on the soweto lootings it 's wrong the the xenophobic attacks weren 't right, and we have a responsibility as a broadcaster to to steer that away and and tell people that it 's wrong so I mean We made a decisive, well a very distinct decision there to take a stance on what we believe is wrong and right here. And then we forced it on people. So the first thing is when you want to drop content is we look at whether or not it's going to add value to the brand. If it's a thing that we would want to do and we need to do. Obviously you need to look at time sensitivity. So for example, the Soweto looting, it would have been pretty pointless for us to do it the following week because then it would have been over and shit would have already hit the fan. So we had to do it on that day, it was relevant that day. Be, be mindful of time. Um, and the last one is a very difficult one, and this is one I learned at my previous radio station that I worked at. We had an interview with Oleka Mandela, and she was launching her, her new book, basically. And naturally, as any person who's launching anything, you go and you just do PR at every single place that you can do, and it's the stock standard stuff that a presenter asks you, what's this book about, how did you write it, and that sort of thing, right? And if you're going to do an interview like that, then just don't do it, please. I mean, like it brings me back to my previous points about finance and business shows. You can turn into any station and they all got a business show. It's about what makes you unique. So with, with that interview, for example, we did read the book and we did do our research. And what she had in the book was she had quotes from Nasa Mandela that was her favorite in the book, spread out throughout the book. We gathered all of those quotes, basically, and put them on the list. So we contacted her before and said, listen, we just want to record a little thing with you before I had a promo, because we play a promo at ten past seven, saying the guest is coming up, but we want you to voice some stuff in the promo for us. So just can you maybe point out a couple of your favorite quotes? Naturally we knew what the quotes were, because it's from the book, and naturally we went and we found the quotes, the audio for those quotes. Um, So we put her in, in, in the studio, we said, cool, read your little script that you've got with the quotes. She reads it, she does the voiceover, she leaves and goes back to the green room and drinks her coffee. And then we sat there and we edited this little piece. So we recorded at 6.30, it's gonna go out at just after seven, it's a throw forward promo for, for the guests coming up between eight and nine. So obviously we had a plan. So we knew we got the audio from Nelson Mandela. We knew we've got her voice over now. So what we did was we took some soppy music, obviously some beautiful stirring music. We took her introduction with her quotes, when she says, this is my favorite quote because of this. So she would start the quote and we would finish the quote with him. So she would read half the quote and we'd finish the quote with Nelson Mandela, obviously. She did not know this, nobody knew this actually. And seven o'clock came and we asked her to come into the studio so we can quickly say hello and we can play a little piece. She said hello, we played the little piece for her. There's the music, it's edited, it sounds great now. And these little moments happen. And it was around the time that that Eddie passed. And then she just started crying. And she couldn't hold herself back. And then it was a bit of a problem because as soon as we tried to switch on her mic again, she couldn't talk. So we had to go into the next moment. But it was a beautiful moment that you can't get anywhere else. And she actually walked over to me and gave me a hug and said, thank you for that. And that's what I'm talking about. So when you have to do content that's been done before a million times, and you're never gonna do it any, any, everything's been done before. That's just true, we all know this. But the general rule that we apply is I'll ask why five times before I actually execute anything. So with that interview, and and you can ask anybody at Kai, I'll always go, why do you wanna do this? And they really hate me for it because now I keep asking the same question. But if they can't answer me, at the third level of why I say no to the piece of content because you have to be better than everybody else. You have to do something that's unique and different from everybody else. If you're going to do the same thing in, as everybody else, you're going to fail at this game, especially with digital right there on our backs, like it's a big thing. We could find that interview, that, that simple question about why did you write this book or what's a special moment in the book on every single radio station. I mean, the other day I was driving, and I was channel hopping as I do, and Two commercial radio stations were playing the same Selena Gomez song at exactly the same time, exactly the same place. That's bad. It's really, really bad. So it's, it extends the content as well. If you're going to do the same interview, the, I remember recently now, this, the Blitzbox came back from winning the, the, the series and everything, and they, they were great. And you can just look on social media. He had two Blitzbox at this station, two at this station, two at this radio station. And if you listen to every single radio station, they are doing the same thing. That's not great. What makes you unique then? So always ask yourself, what can you do that's going to be better? Always push yourself to the next thing. With the Zoleka Mandela thing, what happened there was we pitch an idea and we just scratch out the first idea then we go to the second idea. You always ask yourself, what's the next level? What's the next level? That way you get something that's unique, at least, or you try. Um, And the last piece that I've got here is just you, you need to... You need to fail. If you don't fail, you haven't done anything with your life. So Microsoft back in the day when they were just booming, they would hire people and people would fail because it's these graduates from, from, from university and they were very driven individuals and they were doing these crazy things. And they were trying things and they were failing things. How they worked is if you failed, they promoted you. <laughs> so not if you succeeded. So all the people that reached um, upper and senior management were people who failed. And the key to that is when you fail, you learn and you develop things. So to give an example at Kaya, this guy is Skumba. Um, if you know him, if you don't know him, he's a guy that is, he's a comedian. He's in Kaya FM now. He's got a show now. He's on our YouTube channel. Um, our channel is, is quite big. I think it's the largest in the country from any radio station. Some surveys said we're the fourth most influ- influential in the country. Um, but regardless, I, I don't really know. I don't really care about that stuff. Um, we've got about 23 million views or something on him and a, a buttload of um, subscribers. But how it started with him was Greg, our MD, he went to an open mic night thing and there's this guy from Timbisa trying his luck, saying a couple of jokes in Zulu and then Greg saw, hey this guy's funny. Then he went to one of our cruises with us, he was one of the acts on, on the boats. Everybody loved him and then Bob when he used to do his show The producer was like, hey, Friday needs to be spiced up. Let's get a comedian in. Now, if if you're in radio, you know comedians on radio. It doesn't necessarily mean it works. Generally, it actually fails because a comedian needs a crowd to to bounce off of. Generally. And I'm generalizing heavily here because I know there's a new show with a comedian on it. And we have a show with a comedian on it. So we were like, okay. Naturally, I was like, okay, you can do it, but that's not going to work. And then the reaction we got from him being on that show was just an interview. That was it. One interview, the reaction we got was overwhelming. So they had a whole plan for, I think, a month or two months about convenience they wanted. We kind of canceled all the other ones and just put them back on. So what happened was he became a regular feature on the show every Friday, 8 to 9. And now he's got a show, like a proper show, a breakfast show, 6 to 9, every Friday on Kaya. Um, And you could see the actual spike in listeners when you looked at the results. But what we did from a trial point of view is... So the trial point of view was putting on air. The other trial point of view was we were like, okay, this digital thing, what are we gonna do? So we literally just went and bought a bunch of GoPros and put them in the studio and filmed it. And we didn't even think about branding, like we've got watermarks now, we've got open ears and closing ears and that sort of thing. We didn't even think about any of that. We didn't even think about the look and feel. There was no lighting, nothing. We just put a camera in, filmed them. We put it online and just let it be. The, the time I found out it's actually going quite well it was one of when someone came to me and said, hey, it's so cool that you guys are filming skumba now. I'm like, oh, cool, where did you see him? I just wanted to test the waters. He pulls out his phone and he opens up Facebook and there's the video of Skuma sitting on like 400,000 views. And I go, okay, cool, but we didn't upload him to YouTube. So what happened was someone went and downloaded the video and re-uploaded it to Facebook and it went, trended. Um, It still happens with all these videos on YouTube. People steal them, for lack of a better word, and they put them on YouTube and then they just go massively insane. They go wild and crazy. So I can't keep track of those views. So I don't even know how many views he has. But the thing is, we weren't afraid to fail with this. Um, he does say controversial things. We have had complaints about him, obviously, um, from the BBC, Ugh, BBC, BCCSA, um, but we trialed it. There are other things we trialed as well. The, the sports thing, the workshops. We didn't know if it was gonna work. The, the travel thing, we didn't know if that was gonna work. There are things we have trialed and we failed, and that's okay, we've learned, and so now we know how to do it. With digital being here, you can't keep doing what you did 20 years ago on radio. 20 years ago in radio, if you had a sultry voice and you had the right sort of music, great. Your radio station is gonna be a success. The truth is, yes, people are gonna listen to you for your music, but what happens between the music? That's where content comes to play. If you don't have the right content, you can't, can't keep people in your station. If you don't have people in your station listening to you, your brand means nothing. If your brand means nothing, your sales team is gonna hate you because they can't sell you. And as a commercial radio station, you need to be sellable. So with digital being there, We are trying things and we're not afraid to fail because we are matching our brand values and we are doing the research on our target market. So yeah, don't be afraid to fail. That's it.